Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday, April 13th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, good to talk to you. You full up on uh, Easter candy on this Easter Monday? <laughs> I killed it. I killed it, Joe. I was good. I, was, I, I tried to control myself, but I kind of I lost control when I got to those, those little tinfoil rabbits. <laughs> uh, the ra- okay, yeah, I, I, I do the, uh, the milk chocolate eggs. Those are, those are killer. But uh, the uh, the jelly beans, I can't keep my hand out of the jelly bean jar. We get the uh, we get the Starburst jelly beans; those are the best. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's good times. Uh, as long as I avoid the uh, the sweet tarts, those those burn out the inside of your mouth, and it's 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 no fun. But you can't stop eating them. Uh, now that I'm you know 30 seconds into this podcast and want nothing more than to raid the Easter basket, uh, let's uh, let's talk about it. Really, the, uh, the the biggest news over the weekend was uh, the idea that obviously there's more than one proposal out there that Major League Baseball is looking at in terms of restarting the season. And uh, one of the ideas that that came to light, uh, you know, nationally over the weekend was this uh, idea that they would play two separate uh, divisions uh, with the teams in Arizona and in Florida and actually play games in Florida, which was not something we had heard before. We had actually heard before that, you know, all 30 teams would wind up in Arizona. But the idea of playing, you know, keeping the teams, keeping the divisions separated completely, uh, not having American and National League, but rather having Cactus and Grapefruit League, and, and really sort of radically realigning the way that the, the teams are, are set up in, in divisions. Uh, what, what were some of your takeaways from the idea that, we could see a completely different uh, sort of arrangement or alignment of, of teams in Major League Baseball for whatever kind of season we have in 2020. Yeah, I, I kind of like this idea a little better, Joe, than, than just, you know, 15 teams moving to Air, uh, Arizona and having 30 teams play there. And, and I just thought there's so many details and, and hurdles to clear. Uh, then, you know, so if you got, you know, 15 teams staying in their spring training homes in Florida, and the same with Arizona, it's more, it seems more feasible to me. Uh, I think uh, just because of you, the uniqueness of the situation, you could live with, uh, you know, no American League, no National League, you know, kind of a redrawn system for a year. You then, you know, after 
this this season. You could go back to uh, you know the traditional format, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I I kind of like this. It just just seemed more palatable to me than uh, you know uprooting fifteen teams and squeezing them into Arizona and and trying to play there now. From from just from a coronavirus standpoint, a draconian you know measures, I think uh, the Arizona thing makes more sense that way. Right. You know, Florida is probably a hot spot, a hotter state than, uh, than than Arizona is right now for for uh, you know coronavirus test you know cases. Uh, so there'd be some risk there, obviously, but there's going to be risk wherever they what whenever they whatever plan they decide. There's going to be risk to players, to fans, and uh, you know I think uh, you know the clock is ticking on this thing. We got to, they've got to come up with a solution, or you know, kind of raise the white flag here and and erase the season. Right. Let's uh, let's go over what the uh, proposed realignment, and this is just one idea that's out there. Um, I, I believe Bob Nightingale from USA Today put this plan out there as a as a possibility. Uh, for the Grapefruit League for for Florida, you would have three divisions: the North, South, and East. In the North Division, you'd have the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. So obviously, somebody from New York came up with that plan. Uh, then in the South, you would have Boston, Minnesota, Atlanta, Tampa, and Baltimore. Uh, and in the East, you would have Washington, Houston, New York Mets. Uh, St. Louis and the Miami Marlins. That would be the the, the Grapefruit League. And then over in Arizona, the Cactus League. Uh, you would have the Northeast, which would include the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Athletics. Uh, the Northwest, which would include the Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. And then the West Division would be the Indians Division, including the Dodgers, White Sox, the Reds, Indians, and the Angels. So uh, really you're looking at uh, going from the AL Central Division uh, Indians into this uh, Cactus League West Division. Uh, the, the competition definitely gets a little, uh, a little more intense for the Indians, even though you would still see a, a, a usual division foe in the, in the White Sox. They're improved this year. And you're talking about the Dodgers, one of the favorites to, to reach the World Series, uh, an improved Reds team, and uh, an improved Angels team as well. Yeah, I, I, that was, uh, you know, I know geographically you could do that. Uh, you know, you could play games in uh, the Indians, the, uh, you know, what, the, uh, the Dodgers and the White Sox share facility, the Indians and the Reds share facility. Uh, your farthest trip would be t- to Tempe. Which is about a fifty-minute trip on the to the other side of Phoenix to play the Angels, so you could play games and you'd be sleeping in your same in your own bed, you know. After the games, you wouldn't have to really stay overnight at any place. Right. But yeah, the Dodgers—they kind of got the the tribe got the short straw there, and especially like you said, if the White Sox and and the Reds are as improved as everybody thinks they are, and then you get you know Anthony Rendon teamed up with Trout and and uh, you know. Uh, trout and and you know so I mean that that that's a, that's you know that that really helps here uh, the Angels offense as well and and Otani yeah, Otani as well Otani. and Upton too Upton and uh, you know so 
not uh, well you're, you're looking not, at the the Dodgers are already a favorite and then you're looking at three other teams in that division who were all who all definitely were active enough in the offseason and took steps to improve their rosters whether or not like you said that that clicks for the the White Sox and the Reds uh, you know they they were the White Sox and the Reds were were the two most active teams during the offseason in terms of adding players yeah the you know the Reds uh, Mustakas and mm-hmm. uh Castellanos and uh, they they got they signed the, the uh, Japanese center fielder leadoff hitter. They got Wade Miley for the rotation. Uh, and if, yeah, they, and if you're playing the Reds in division, that means you play more games against them. I'm hearing up to twelve. You know, poss- the possibility of of twelve divisional games uh, against each opponent. Uh, and that means you've got to deal with uh, you know Trevor Bauer and his social media insidious social media attack. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be honest, though. Wouldn't those be fun games to to, to cover and be around? That would be great. That would be interesting. A Clevenger versus Bauer matchup uh, in the opener. Uh, it, wouldn't that be just can't miss TV? <laughs> that that would be good. Yeah, definitely. So if this if this realignment plan you know comes into in, into play, one of the other things that they're talking about is the possibility of having a universal DH. Uh, because you, you wouldn't be able to, to just separate things out by American and National League, and you, you would have to have the DH in every game. Plus, that also gives you a little more roster flexibility, which is something you're going to have to have with uh, a, a compressed uh, you know, preparation time and all that. Uh, if, if they do go to a universal DH uh, for this particular season, no matter what it looks like, uh, do you think they're ever going back? You know, that, that, that's a great question, Joe. I think, uh, you know, Bud Selig always said it would take something colossal <laughs> for the National League to, uh, to uh, something, you know, some, something colossal for the National League to accept the DH. And we're in the middle of colossal with a capital C. Yeah, and it doesn't get more colossal than this. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what it takes to uh, wake those guys up in the National League and, and uh, you know, accept one set of rules. I, Joe, I'm just – just accept one set of rules, either the DH or the pitcher hitting. You know, I, you, you, can't, you can't operate like this. Which it, it's, it's insane to operate with two sets of rules. Well, I, I, they've been doing it for long enough. I, I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem to – But the American League is always at the disadvantage. Right. Nobody wants to see the pitchers hit. Who wants to see a pitcher hit? Uh, there's no, there's no advantage to it. It's, it's a dead spot in the lineup. You've got statistically, it messes everything up in terms of, you know, your pitchers are judged differently, whether they pitch in the American league or versus the national league, because you're only pitching to eight batters in the national league. I obviously I'm, I'm in favor of seeing a universal DH, but you know, that's, you're right. Uh, one set of rules to, to govern the entire game would probably be ideal. It, that's what doesn't make sense is you grow up and you play the game from an early age. And, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the peewee levels and the lower levels, the, the pitchers all hit. But then at some point in high school, they get the DH and they, they stay with that through, from high, through high school and, and, and college. And, and you've got it in the minor leagues. So why – why, when you get to Major League Baseball, do you have to go back to, uh, you know, making these guys hit when they haven't hit since they were, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old? 
It's just a traditional thing. I think what the National League and one of the leagues in Japan are the only teams that use the don't use the DH. I mean, even the the National League uh, minor league teams use the DH. Right. right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is oh. even in at all levels of professional baseball, with the exception of the the two you mentioned there, it's 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 a it's a DH. So, uh, yeah, and I. I guess the the owners probably wouldn't mind that as much in in terms of having to to pay an extra, uh, you know, guy. You're talking about extending life for, uh, you know, players union members. You know, in, instead of only having 15 teams where it's an option for a a guy who can't run the you know run out there and play in the field anymore, he's he's got more options, more teams that that he could you know. Yeah, play you, on. you wouldn't. <laughs> You wouldn't have had to trade Framil Reyes to the Indians if you're San Diego. Uh, you know, if if there was a, a if you knew that the Universal DH was coming uh, in, in a year or so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, all right. Uh, let's uh, remind our listeners here uh, you're on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast the exclusive way to get your uh, questions asked on our podcasts is to sign up for Indian Subtext. Uh, it's where we take our questions for our show. Uh, go ahead and you can send a text message to area code 216-208-4346 and sign up there, $3.99 a month, and you get the inside information and all the best takes from uh, Paul and, and and myself. And and really you get sort of uh, any, any sort of breaking news comes to you first uh, via the text message. And you can ask questions and, and have a conversation with Paul and, 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 you know, get sort of a little behind the scenes look there. Uh, Paul, what do we have in terms of uh, questions today from, uh, from the listeners? All right, Joe, we've got, uh, we've got a couple. There's been a lot of questions coming in. So uh, here's a, here's a question um, from uh, Russ in North Olmstead. If the proposal comes to fruition to play all games in Florida and Arizona, well, we were just talking about this. Right, right. Put an end to the designated hitter debate. Either way, play by the same rules. Uh, yeah, like I, like I said, like we just covered uh, there, I sort of jumped the gun, but uh, um, I, I would think that that would ha- you would have to do it at least for this year, uh, and, yeah. and certainly. And like like you said, they're not they wouldn't go back. I, I, it would be really hard to go back once you you have that plan instituted okay and here's uh, another question uh why is geography this is from chris uh, jimenez from P- Pis- from new jersey and i i don't think it's uh, the old uh, the indians old uh, catcher but it could be i'm not sure I, you know what not- chris chris jimenez i just saw where did i see on on uh, on twitter a video of that home run where uh fr- from oakland where uh, the Oakland hitter that uh, is it Butler, Billy Butler, hit the home run yeah. and said something to him, and the, the two of them got in an argument all the way up. That was that was fun to watch uh, that video. <laughs> it's uh, one of the the memories that sticks out of uh, Chris Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, from Pis- Piscataway, New Jersey. Piscataway, New Jersey. You got yeah. it. Okay. Uh, why is why is geography an issue in uh, the proposed Cactus League? None of the ballparks are more than an hour away from each other, and uh, while it nice, while it might be nice to keep teams that co-locate at the same facility together, there's a chance to have some fun. 
how can you not put the White Sox and Cubs in the same division along with Milwaukee? You can make a pretty clear case for a, a California, and he goes, penal league. I, I don't know if uh, Ricky Vaughn is going to pitch in there, but the, with the Dodgers, Halos, A's, Padres, and Giants, you could have the Heartland division with the Indians, Reds, Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, and a Continental Divide uh, division with the Royals, Diamondbacks, Rangers, Rockies, and Mariners. Um, so so there's some be- – there's, there's better – so what do you think of that, Joe? Yeah, one of those divisions really sort of spread out all over the place. They're kind of wacky. But uh, um, I think it also – the this original proposal that, that Nightingale put out here might have more to do with the locations of the uh, the training facilities, right? They're, those are the ones that are sort of uh, more grouped together. The, like, yeah. like the West Division is the teams that, that train west of, like, Phoenix, right? That's right. where they're also right. located. So that might have something to do more with it. Uh, like I was, I was telling you earlier, um, I, I would rather see some of those, uh, you know, Midwest teams grouped together and playing each other together because then you could do something with game times where you're not playing uh, games that start at 9, 10 o'clock in, in Cleveland. And, you know, maybe some of us would who are back here might be able to watch some of the games on TV as opposed to having to stay up until two, three in the morning and you know doing whatever we we do to to cover them as well. Uh, so if that's a consideration, if if uh, if TV and and making it available to some of the folks here on the West Coast or I'm sorry here on the East Coast uh, would be easier to do. I think that might be a consideration, but. Really, geographically, the way Arizona is set up, you can drive the, the furthest between ballparks is, what, 50 minutes, maybe an hour tops? Yeah, maybe 50 minutes, an hour tops, yeah. So, so I mean, any combination could fit. I, I was listening to somebody on the radio, and they suggested, you know, seeding, you know, the teams in Florida and Arizona. You know, the top eight seeds go to the postseason from, from each uh, – you know, from each state. And that's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting, uh, you know, kind well, of look well, at this. And, and I'm wondering what they're going to do in terms of schedule-wise when they, when they put this all together. Uh, you're obviously – you're probably not going to get 162 games, you know, out of this in, in time. Probably not. So if you've got to reduce the number of, of yeah. games you play total, are you playing only three-game series? You know, is that something – it, right. Are, yeah. Would would we see any four game series or two game series? I I don't know. I, I would I would think you would have to just play all three game series and and really not sort of be constrained by uh you know the ideas of these road trips or anything. Like that. You could play a three game series at home, a three game series on uh at at the the other team's you know park the next the next three days and then be home again because because really you're not out on these these big ten day swings or whatever. It, it would. Now in Florida it might be a little different, but in Arizona, you know, if you're always coming home to your hotel or wherever you're encamped at the time, I think that'd probably make it a little easier. Yeah, and and I don't think there'd be a need for you know those two game series because those are caused by interleague play, but mostly, right, mostly. And uh, there's no interleague play. There would be no interleague play in, in in either state. So I think yeah, that makes sense, Joe. The only thing that would be an issue would be there would always be a team with a three-day break 
if if that if you're playing oh, yeah right yes because you're playing you know among 15 teams the odd number there's always one team not playing and that team would be off for three consecutive days and or that you have might, to play double headers maybe right and and that well you could play maybe split double headers yeah you play one one team plays yeah double header every same every day, day maybe. yeah well, a, a split double header every day would 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 solve that i guess yeah but wow yeah the idea that um you know each team would there would be teams that would have to be off for 3 days at a time at least once that's it's way too much math for me to to <laughs> to wrap my brain around uh right now uh is that is that it for the questions or we got one more question one more okay from uh, Mary Lou Miller from Cleveland how can the ump catcher and batter maintain social distancing what about a close play at the plate? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well you, here's here's one. You know, the, the umpire and the and the catcher already have their masks on, right? So, right. So, and I, I think the the batter is going to or the runner uh, is going to be trying to get out of the way as fast as he can. So I don't think there'll be there there might not be a change of uh, an exchange of uh, you know. Uh, uh, who knows? I don't know. I guess maybe they might have to wear no, a mask. No, no, ex- no exchange of pathogens, and you'll see the yeah. umpires wearing a mask, uh, like a surgical mask, too. Now, maybe uh, you got to hey, give the base runner, if he's on third base, a mask. Right. Mm-hmm. If um, if what I'm hearing, you know, some of these proposals might come true, we're talking about uh, the possibility of, of robot umpires. So if the umpire's a robot, then uh, it, it doesn't matter now. Uh an automated strike zone might give the, the umpire the ability to take a step back and be six feet behind the catcher. But yeah, that catcher, the catcher and the batter are going to be less right. than six feet apart. And right. any time there's a, a tag play at second base, you're talking, you're talking about a game where um, you know, the pitcher is wiping sweat off of his forehead and then throwing a baseball. So, look, there's no perfect scenario or situation where there won't be some sort of exchange of, uh, you know, pathogens in, in some way to that, that that could conduct the the uh, the virus. the 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 hope is that there's enough testing and enough uh, screening to to go around to make sure that nobody out there is is actively contagious and that you're not putting the the guys in that situation. Yeah. I think if they're on the field and they're playing, I don't think they're going to have to worry about, you know, social distancing at that point. Yeah, because they will be tested. Right. It, it seems like they'll be tested, you know, a couple times a week or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. So well, that, that's interesting. It'll be like the uh, the scene in uh, in The Naked Gun where uh, they, come, they step up to the plate and Leslie Nielsen uh, frisks each guy. So the umpire will just have one of those temporal thermometers and he scans yeah, guys as he right. comes up to the plate. That's that the only way we can do this. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, so we're talking about, you know, moving forward this week. It, it, in terms of the, the window and the deadline and the, and the time frame here, it really they, we're looking at two more weeks in, in April and we've got to get some sort of decision or, or some sort of plan in place, right? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I from ta- just from talking to people, you know, I don't, I know that they want they want to play as many games as possible, and that's always driving this issue. But uh, you know, I think 
the main thing that's driving the issue, as we've said, is the coronavirus. And if, if that doesn't give them a break, they're in trouble. So I, they can make all the plans they want, and, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter. But, yeah, I would think by May 1st, you know, they would want to get at least – have a have some kind of working plan and i'm sure they do i mean this is you know we've heard two of them you know so i'm sure you know they have some some options but you know the virus is gonna the virus is gonna you know holds the hammer right now right uh if if we get to the point uh you know next week maybe if, if we've heard something or something shakes shakes loose and and major league baseball comes out with uh the idea that, hey, we're going to start the process of recalling our guys and getting them into position to, to be able to have uh, uh, at least a two- or three-week spring training and then, and then start games in June. Uh, if that's the case, what, what, has, you know, what do we as, as reporters have to do to get ready to, 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 for the possibility of covering this? Yeah, I, I don't know, Joe. I, you know, there's a chance, I think it's a good chance that they don't let anybody cover those games. They don't let mm-hmm. the media, you know, in those, you know, close to those games. I, I think it's going to be, it could be, you know, Zoom calls and conference calls, you know, at least in the early going when they, before, I think they're going to have a, a lot of, uh, you know, all they want is TV and radio. They right. get that, they get, they open their revenue streams, you know, and then, uh, you know, that everybody's losing money in this situation and that, TV and, and their media contracts are the big thing that that starts at least some revenue going to the teams as players start getting paid and uh, the media is uh, they're they're on the back burner right now I believe all right all right Paul well uh, hey, Joe I got to say something one up? one one thing uh, you know I, I wrote I, one of my, one of the questions I answered last week was about the, uh, the the, the old stadium. I called it the mistake by the lake. And people are really upset about this. And I, really? I, I can't believe it. I mean, it's like all of a sudden this place turned into the Taj Mahal. You know, I, I must be, be remembering the wrong ballpark, Joe. People I mean, don't – wait, wait. I called it a dump, and it was a dump. People, people don't remember peeing against a wall shoulder to shoulder with another guy as you're standing there packed into the uh, the restrooms? I. I I can't imagine that people have that much nostalgia for uh, a mausoleum on the lake that was just an awful place to play baseball. Ask, yeah, ask, I, ask Tito his thoughts about it. He Tito hated playing there. Yeah, and I mean, and then you, you 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 know people I think people were brainwashed in a sense because that was the only ballpark baseball park. They knew of growing up, you know, for 40, 50, 50 years. And right. then when t- and Jacob's Field opened and turned into Progressive Field, it was like Disneyland. They didn't know what to make of it. And they didn't know what they'd been missing all these years. So, you know, I, I'm still amazed that, you know, I, I kind of have a fondness for it. You right. know, I went there when I was a kid. My dad took me there, and I thought it was the greatest thing going. You know, but, you know, after a while – <laughs> well, I mean, you're in a unique position be- yourself because, you know, when you started traveling with the team, you would go and you would see right. the other ballparks and you would see what's out there. Uh, you know, not not just the the newer ballparks, but even the older ballparks that were just better set up than the than you know a, a stadium that was essentially built for the the 1936 Olympics that never came here. So, uh, you know, you're you're talking about 
I think it's a, a sort of a misplaced outrage or, a, you know, feigning outrage in terms of uh, yeah, maybe memories, you know, memories are better than the actual thing. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't get that because, and, and what, what's in your memory, what's the, the ballpark that you went to, you know, early on in your career when, when you first turned around and, and just said, wow, this place is a million times better than, you know, going to playing games at municipal stadium. Yeah, I, man, I just thought, uh, you know, Yankee Stadium, Fenway mm-hmm. Park, even Tiger Stadium was kind of cool, you know. I, I, I like, and you know, the old, the old Tiger Stadium, right? Yeah, and and uh, you know, when I walked into Sky Dome, you know, oh. or when it was the Sky Dome that was a Rogers Center. Now I thought I was in, you know, the USS Enterprise. I thought this thing was going to take off, man. It was, but you know, and then you come back to the, you know, the the, uh, the, the Municipal Stadium, and I, I don't know, but it was. It was, you know, it was. There's a reason the Indians didn't win there, and it wasn't all because, you know, they they were underfinanced and had bad teams. I think the envi- you know, the environment, players playing, plays a part of it. The players were depressed playing there, <laughs> and you, you talk to Kenny Lofton about, you know, going to um, play at Jacobs Field, and, and he he talks about the bathrooms being immaculate and things like that. It's like. Hey, th- those are the little details like that are, are, are what really make a difference. So, yeah. And as we, uh, as we forge forward, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we've been uh, doing our, our series on, um, you know, this day in tribe history. And it, it's, it's been nice to, it's fun to look back and, and check out some of the old photos and videos and, and, and remember some of the, uh, the, the games that took place at the old stadium. But, you know, that's where those, that's where those memories need to stay is, is, is in the back of our heads there. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, at least. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Hoinsey, uh, we'll, we'll get in touch with you again tomorrow for another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, keep your ears open. See if, if, if anybody's talking about uh, when we could be playing baseball again soon. Good deal, buddy. 